0: welcome to a bigger life where you can break through the distractions stop listen and speak to god in prayer i'm dave cover i want to help you use the bible as your conversation with god so you can live a bigger life one of the points i want to make in this podcast over and over and that's been true in my life, that has significantly changed my life over the years, is seeing prayer as ultimately about worship. That's what Jesus is getting at in the Lord's Prayer. If you notice, we don't even get to pray for our own needs until we say, give us this day our daily bread, and that's well down into the prayer. The prayer starts by focusing on who God is, our Father, who is in heaven. His name is Holy and that his name would be seen as holy in our lives, that we would bear his name in holiness, and that his kingdom would come, and that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is coming back to earth, and we are to pray in that story, to anticipate that story, to see ourselves in that story. And so I think one of the things we can say, prayer is ultimately worship, and worship is focusing on the worth-ship, of God, it's, it's putting ourselves in the context of who God is, putting our lives in the context of who God is. It's lifting up God in our hearts and in our minds, our souls, focusing our lives, focusing on who God is. Now, we pray for things. We pray, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us of our sins. We pray for what we want. We bring our concerns to God, our cares to God as part of worship. So we're not coming to God as a little candy machine. We're coming to God in worship, and part of worship is bringing to Him our cares, casting our cares on Him because He cares for us. He cares about what we care about because He cares about us. So we're told to cast our cares on Him, and when we do that in a worshipful way rather than in a, in a sort of a candy store way, it's part of worship. And so Paul says when we do that, the peace of God which will surpass even our understanding of things, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I'm specifically quoting from Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And so this is one of those things where we have to see worship as the primary thing we're doing when we pray. And when I do that, when I get the horse before the cart, it helps my prayer life because then now I'm not trying to focus on, you know, what do I say? What do, now I'm just focusing on worshiping and I find phrases in the Bible that cause me to see God in a worshipful way but I won't really worship until I learn how to meditate. Meditate has become a word in our culture that kind of means to try to think about nothing, but that's not that's the opposite of biblical meditation. Biblical meditation is when we're filling our minds And we're focusing our minds, intently letting our minds dwell on a truth about God. We'll talk more about worship in future podcasts. But what I want to do is go back now to the last episode when we were talking about these amazing statements that Jesus said about himself, going out of his way to speak awkwardly grammatically to emphasize that he is the I am. Now that phrase, when God names himself in Exodus chapter three, it's awkward grammar. He's saying, tell them I am sent you. And this is my name for generations. He is, that, that Hebrew word Yahweh, the word he is, the verb he is became God's name. God gave it to himself. He said it's his name. And so the very essence of who God is is awkward grammar. I am sent you. We wouldn't ever speak that way, but that's God's name. And that's how Jesus speaks in the Gospel of John. What I would like to do is meditate on Jesus's I am statements. And so the last episode is something you're going to need to listen to first the episode right before this, we looked at Jesus's I am statements. You don't have to listen to it first, but we looked at Jesus's I am statements in the gospel of John. Now, the absolute I am statements. And so John is, is he loves the number seven. I explained that last time. So he has seven times when Jesus says he is, uh, I am, and then he has a predicate nominative. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we looked at when he said, I am the bread of life. There's seven times where Jesus says he is something, but the grammar in the Greek goes out of its way to emphasize I am. It's, he, he, it's, it's almost like he says it in a, in a way that with words that were unnecessary in the Greek. I am the bread of life. And there are seven times in the Gospel of John where Jesus says that. And then there are seven times where Jesus just, what's called absolute I am statements, where there's not a predicate nominative, but he's just letting it lay there that he is the I am. So we looked at that as we looked at Jesus walking on the water. And, and he says in John chapter 6, verse 20, when he's walking on the water, do not be afraid, I am. Our English Bible had to make a decision. And were they going to make the English Bible readable or were they going to make the English Bible not really understandable to certain people who didn't understand the significance of the I am? So they decided to translate when Jesus says I am, they just translate it I am he, which kind of tries to find a middle ground. I wish they would have translated it exactly as Jesus said it, I am, because it helps us see what Jesus is intending to do. And what I'd like to do is just, make this podcast sort of a part two of the last episode, but I'd like us to just learn how to meditate on the significance of what Jesus is saying in each of these absolute I am statements in the gospel of John. And what I want to do is say the verse and then just let's pause and think about what the significance of that is for, for you and for me. So verse 16 in John 6, When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now, listen to this language, by now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. That's an important statement. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, I am don't be afraid. Now they translate it, it is I, but what he says in the Greek and it's emphatic and it's awkward, I am, don't be afraid. Remember in the Bible, the sea, water represents the unknown. It represents evil. And we've looked at this in past episodes, which is why in the last chapters of the Bible, it says there won't be any sea. It's not saying there's not going to be seas on on the restored earth. It's saying there won't be any evil. There won't be any anxiety worry, evil. Notice the language here in John 6 is definitely picking up on that picture. A strong wind was blowing. It's dark there in the middle of the night and the waters grew rough. And so this is, a, this is a, a water that is rough with strong wind. It's dark and Jesus comes and he's standing on the water. He's standing atop the chaos. He's standing atop the unknown, atop evil, and he says, I am. Don't be afraid. So what I want you to do is just picture Jesus standing on top the chaos, standing on top the chaos in your life. This is what meditation is. We picture Jesus standing atop what we don't know about our future because we have questions about when we worry, when we're anxious, we're asking, am I going to survive this? Am I going to be successful in this? Am I going to have enough money? Am I going to get this job? Or am I going to have to suffer? Am I going to get sick? Am I going to be able to pay my bills? Am I going to lose this job? Am I going to lose this relationship? And we have all these questions that are am I questions, but we have to focus rather on Jesus being the I am instead of am I. When we focus on Jesus being the I am who stands on the waters, stands over the unknown in our life, stands over the evil in our life, because we have questions, am I ever going to get victory over this sin? Jesus stands over that evil and says, I am. Don't be afraid. Jesus stands over your worries. He stands over your anxieties. He stands over all the unknowns in your life, in your future. He stands over all the darkness, and he says, I am. Don't be afraid. The other passages that have this story in Matthew and Mark, they add Jesus saying, take courage. I am. Don't be afraid. Think of Jesus standing over the waters in your life, And he's saying to you what he said to his disciples. Take courage. I am. Don't be afraid. And you meditate on that picture. You think of that picture. And you use your imagination to think of something that's real. So when you imagine a dessert you're looking forward to having, and so it builds your desire for that dessert, you're not imagining something that's not real. You're imagining something that's real but you don't see it yet. That's what we're doing when we use our imagination, thinking of Jesus when this happened, and we're using our imagination to see him speaking to us these words. Take courage. I am. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Don't doubt me. And you just take time to picture that. Then in John 8, verse 24, Jesus is talking to people and some, it says in the last verse of this little section, it says, even as he spoke, many believed in him. And so some are being convinced by what he's saying, some are not, but Jesus says to all of them in verse 24, I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am, you will indeed die in your sins. Now, I want to use my imagination to meditate on Jesus saying this because there's an incredible truth here that unless or until I believe that Jesus is the I am and all that it means that he is the I am who created this universe. He is the I am who is the source of all being. He's the source of of all existence. He's the source of life itself. Unless I believe and unless I see Jesus as the source of life and the source of light and the source of being and joy and creation and power and glory and beauty, unless I see Jesus as the I am in that kind of way, He will always be less desirable to me, less attractive to me than sin, than certain sins in my life. See, sin makes this false promise that it's going to be the one that makes me happy. It's going to be the one that fills my longings. It's going to be what I need right now to give my life joy. It makes false promises. It never delivers. It's always a dead end. It's always ending in disappointment. The I am will never disappoint because he is the source of all existence. He is the source of life itself. And, and so when I see Jesus as the I am, unless I believe that he is the I am, I will die in my sins because I will never want to leave my sins for Jesus. But in worship, you're centering your focus. You're centering your life around Yahweh rather than your way. You don't want to go your way when you see Jesus as Yahweh, when you see Jesus as the I am. That makes his way attractive. That makes his will attractive because you want Jesus to be the source of your joy. You see him as the source of joy. You see him as the source of life. You see him as the source of light and existence itself and life itself and glory and beauty and power, and goodness, and righteousness, belonging, flourishing, love, laughter, gladness. So think of Jesus saying to you in a way that loves you and is warning you with the warning of love, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. The more you believe that I am, the less you will want to be in your sin, the less you will believe the false promises of whatever sin is lying to you right now and you're believing it. When you see Jesus as Yahweh, the less you will want your way. He is the one you will trust. He is the one you will seek. Think of Jesus saying that to you and worship him. Just a paragraph down in John 8, verse 28, it says, So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me, and he has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. And then it says, Even as he spoke, many believed in him. Think of Jesus saying this to you. When you have lifted up, and this is what we do in worship, we are lifting up, we are exalting, we are raising Jesus in our hearts, in our minds, in our focus through meditation. We are lifting him up as the highest, as the most high. When we lift up Jesus as the I am, then we will know that he is always with me because the I am is always in the present tense always present with me, 100% focused on me, 100% present with me because he's infinite, because he's the I am. He is never less, any less present anywhere else while being 100% present with me and focused on me because he is the I am. He is infinite. So when I lift up Jesus as the I am, I know that he has not left me alone. Just like Jesus said, I know that he is with me. And so I want to live for him. I want to live through him. I see my life as with him. And so I want to please him. Think of Jesus saying to you right now, when you lift me up, you will know that I am and that you are never alone and that I am always with you. Jesus says in the last verses of Matthew I am with you always to the very end of the age. When you lift me up as the I am, you will know that I have not left you alone. I am always with you. You live because of me and you live with me. Always with me. I am always with you. You are never alone. You are not alone. You are never alone. You are always with me, and I gave you life, and I give you life because I want you with me. You live because of me. You live through me. Every moment, you live through me. Every moment, your life is for me. And when I see Jesus that way, the more I meditate on him that way, the more I really do want to please him and believe him. And So the next verse just says, the Jews who had believed him, to them he said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That truth of lifting up Jesus as the I am will set you free because you will know you're not alone. He is always with you and your life is for him. Your life is through him and you are always with him because he is always with you. You are never alone, he is the I am, always present in your present tense, always 100% fully present in your present tense. And that truth will set you free. And then Jesus in this same discussion, some did not believe him. And when Jesus said to them that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, they got into an argument with Jesus about never being slaves, always being free because their, their, their father is Abraham. And then Jesus says in verse 56, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Now, this is Jesus talking about somebody who lived 2000 years before your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And they said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham. And Jesus says this in verse 58, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Now here the translators leave it the awkward way that it is, before Abraham was born, I am. This is, Jesus says, the same I am. He is the same I am who promised Abraham that he would be his very great reward in Genesis 15, 1. Hebrews eleven six tells us that whoever comes to God Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is. That's all it says in the Greek. Must believe that he is. That's the name Yahweh. That's the name I am. Must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. He's the one who rewards those who seek him. Jesus is saying before Abraham was, I am. 2,000 years ago when Abraham lived, before that. I am. I am the I am who is Abraham's great reward. I am the I am who is your great reward. Just believe that I am. Believe that I am, and you will be rewarded with the reward of the I am, the one who spoke the world into existence, the one who is very existence himself, the author of life, the one who is always present with you, and you are never alone. Believe that I am, and I will be your very great reward. Meditate on Jesus saying that. So then the last story is Jesus in John 18 when the soldiers come to arrest him. And Jesus asks, who is it that you seek? Now, this is a meditation, right? Because Jesus is saying, who is it you want? What is it that you want? You can translate that just as easily as, what is it that you want? And we meditate on Jesus asking me this question, asking you this question. What is it? Who is it that you really want? Jesus of Nazareth They replied, I am, Jesus said. When Jesus said, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, who is it you want? He let them up and he let them arrest him. Now this story, meditate on this. Jesus asking you the question, who is it? What is it that you really want? They said Jesus of Nazareth, but their idea was different. Their idea was selfish. It was self-serving. When Jesus just simply said the words, I am, it says that they drew back and fell to the ground. Think of that. Jesus just simply saying, for a moment, for a moment, God let happen what would happen when he just simply says his name to you, I am, and they drew back and they fell on their butt. But Jesus Let them back up to arrest him. Now, meditate on this. Jesus, with the power of those words, his spoken word to create, the one who hovered over the darkness and said, let there be light, and there was light, the one who creates by his very word, the power of his very word that gives life and brings light and new creation, his word speaking into your heart, his word asking you, what is it that you really want? what do you really seek? I am. And you can draw back and fall away at those words, or you can fall forward and bow to him as the I am and worship him as the I am. Jesus, the I am, just saying his name fell his enemies and he will deliver you from all of your enemies. That's the whole promise of the gospel. He is the true, perfect human king. And his willing death, his willing suffering for you, letting them back up to arrest him. His death to break through death for you and break through the other side for you by a resurrection to be your resurrection. The I am is the forever God because Jesus is the I am. The forever God is your God forever. Because Jesus is the I am. He speaks life. He speaks life. He speaks creation. And the forever God is your God forever. You will live with him forever. He will wipe every tear from your eye and he will speak a new creation and give you a resurrection as he speaks a new creation resurrection to this entire world, this entire creation. And this is the story your life is in. Meditate. Think of Jesus saying, I am the power of those words, simply saying his name. I am. This is what worship is. Worship is simply meditating on the Word of God that brings life into our souls and our, brings light into our lives, and we focus on Him. We center our lives around Him, and it puts everything else in perspective. Seeing Jesus as the one standing on the water saying, Take courage, I am, don't be afraid. Seeing Jesus say to us, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know, then you will believe that I am. Seeing Jesus say to us, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins because you will never want me more than sin. But I am the I am. And your sin is a false promise and a dead end. Seeing Jesus say that before Abraham was even born, I am. And I am the one who spoke to Abraham I am your very great reward that whoever comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the reward of those who seek him. Jesus speaking the very word I am caused those who arrested him to fall back on their butt. The power of his spoken word in your life, the power of the I am in your life, bringing more and more of the reality of who Jesus is as the I am into your life will give life to your day, light to your day, joy to your soul, gladness to your heart, enlighten your eyes, and give light to your day. Today as a path you'll know You'll know that He is the promise. He is the one who is always with you. You are never alone. And you will look at the false promises of sin and just shake your head and walk away from it. And you will go toward Yahweh rather than your way because He is. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.